your home of the pens and the best pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Mike, the course of the sporting news writes that Lev Bell isn't worth the money. The course he notes, as have I, that Bell's yards per carry and yards per catch were subpar this past season. That Bell too often puts the Steelers behind the chains with bad carries on first down. That he doesn't break games open. That he got outperformed by a journeyman, Deion Lewis, in the regular season loss to New England, and got outperformed by a rookie, Leonard Fournette, in the playoff loss to Jacksonville. The course he also notes that none of the four conference finalists paid their top back five million bucks or more, whereas Bell made twelve million. And then there's all the way Bell is a pain in the ass, the suspensions, the holdout, and if the Steelers franchise him again, that's only going to get worse. And then DeCourcy writes the phrase that pays. This isn't fantasy football. No, but most of those listening think it is. Fantasy football has warped your perspective of actual football. Let me add this to DeCourcy's argument. The way things have been done hasn't worked. If you're happy with a good record in the regular season, then you have lost track of what the Steelers are supposed to be all about. Hey, maybe the Steelers have lost track too. Uh, Bell could get franchised again as of today. But it has not yet happened. I got to tell you, our board sure goes dead a lot. I mean, what the frick? You, you know what? Every time the board goes dead, I should time how long the board's dead. And then I should just take off the corresponding amount of minutes once the board comes back. I mean, the board shouldn't be the only thing to ever let this program down. Why can't I tank once in a while, too? 412-333-9939. Nobody has yet tweeted me as to whatever the agenda that uh, certain members of the Aliquippa School Board have to get rid of Mike Zemanic, the legendary football coach there. And, and you know, really, this is like kind of a a confirmation of Zemanic's greatness. Because they tried to get rid of McCurry at North Hills. They tried to get rid of Render at Upper St. Clair. They tried to get rid of Timbo McConnell, the basketball coach at Char Valley High School, TJ's dad. It's just that I'll give you the example I remember the best because I, I went to town on this on uh, 1250. North Hills tried to get rid of McCurry, the school board, because one school board member was upset that his kid didn't start at quarterback. I wish I remembered the, the guy's name. He was upset because his kid didn't start at quarterback. The kid was starting as a defensive back. But he was mad because the kid didn't get to play quarterback, so he wanted to get rid of one of the best high school football coaches ever. And I would bet it's a very similar situation uh, with the attempted ouster of Mike Zemanik at Aliquippa. And I meant what I said. You school board members, you're listening by now probably, or you've been told what I've said already. If you get rid of Zemanic, I'll find out which of the school board members were responsible, and I will rake you over the coals 
as long as it's fun for me. And my track record shows something like that is fun for me for a long, long time. A sick again brought to you by 84 Lumber, showing you the right way to build uh, since 1956. Michael Grabner is the guy I want to get. What's your take on that? 412-333-9939, the number to call. Uh, as I mentioned before, Grabner is second in the NHL in even strength goals since the beginning of the 2016-17 season. Now, he does have a bunch of empty net goals, seven this year. Those count, too. Hey, if you want to throw those out of his stats, he has 26 goals so far this year. Okay, he still has 18. It's a lot of goals. We talk about bringing in the third-line center. We hear names like Cullen, Pajot, Latestu, and Plakonic. Shane has better stats than all those guys. So if you're not bringing in Broussard, you're not talking about upgrading at third-line center. You're really talking about upgrading at fourth-line center. You want to talk about any of that? You want to talk about all of that? Dial 412-333-WXDX. I spoke earlier about Bob Nutting, the Pirates owner, speaking to the Pirates players and telling them, we are here to win. That's nonsense, of course, but what else is he going to say to the players and to the fans, too, to the media? It's all a bunch of crap, and again, what else is he going to say? If you numbnuts out there are going to be mad at anybody, be mad at yourselves for taking so long to figure out this obvious scam. Uh, MLB is going to speed up play, or try to, by limiting mind visits. No pitch clock. But you're only allowed six mind visits per nine innings. That's not just by the manager or a coach. That includes mind visits by players. Not included among those six visits are pitching changes. If they were, you'd be limiting the number of pitching changes. I have my own version of speeding up play in baseball. It's called almost never watching. Uh, Francisco Cervelli, the Pirates catcher, he hates the new rule. He says baseball is like a chess game. Yeah, except people don't pay to see chess or turn on the TV to watch chess. Cervelli says, quote, why do we have to speed up the game? It's not what the players want, unquote. Yeah, but it is what the customers want. But hey, screw the customers. Make the games five hours. Hockey's the only sport where the players haven't lost total touch with what the fans want and expect. Baseball, they have. Football, they have. Another reason to not like baseball, another reason to like hockey. 412-333-9939. Let's go to Dave and Dormont. Dave, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Okay, Dave hung up. Good call. Uh I got to get this in. Some idiot in England ran onto the field. Oh, the board's dead again? The board's not dead again. Well, some idiot in England ran onto the field after his team, Wigan, a uh, minor league team. Wigan was the home team. They upset Manchester City in the FA Cup. And this idiot runs onto the field 
and spits at a Man City player. And that player took a swing at the fan. The player, Sergio Aguero, who is really good, could get suspended. But he shouldn't. If a fan runs on the field, he's fair game. And any player, by way of self-defense, is perfectly justified in beating the crap out of him. But you know what? This jerk is all over the news now. Online, on TV, the video's everywhere. Same with those jerks who chanted racist garbage at the Black Hockey Player in Chicago. You'd go a long way towards stopping that nonsense if you didn't immediately give the spotlight to these morons. 412-333-9939. To recap what I've been talking about, I don't want Broussard. Price is too high. I do want Grabner. Perfect fit for the Penguin style. And maybe a pretty good fit for Crosby, who's got to get better wings to play with. You can't always elevate. They always got Sid to elevate. Give him better than what he's got. Reese has fit in, but he, he's not fast enough for Sid. Sherry and Sid. I think Sherry's time with Pittsburgh has come and gone. It wouldn't bother me if he got traded. That's no knock on him. He did good while he, you know, so far while he's been here. But I, I just haven't seen enough from him for a while. And Dominic Simone. Yeah, he should be on the first line in Wilkes. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. So, uh, what's happening? He's a little guy. Huh? I'd love to get the ball to say what you want to say. Very good point. The X at 105.9. Uh, a tweet from Michael. The Penguins need Broussard at center to protect in event of injury to Sid and Gino. Plus, he would play great with Kessel and Gensel. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Broussard's real good. But I'd rather get Grabner to play wing with Sid to provide that speed, to provide that forecheck. Grabner would cost a lot less in a deal. Eric asked me via Twitter, would you give up a first-round pick for Grabner? I might. I'd try to talk him down to a second. Or to a different asset, but I might. Broussard's just going to cost too much. And again, to review what I think Broussard would cost the Penguins. Because he has a $5 million cap hit, which the Penguins can't absorb. So Ottawa would have to pick up a lot of that, which means they're going to want more. If I'm Ottawa, you know what I want for Broussard? I want a first-round pick, Sprong and Sherry. That's a lot, and offers no guarantees. Again, you're overestimating the importance of the third-line center. But he only had seven points in 21 playoff games last year. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Uh, By the way, Dave Molinari, who's doing some hockey stuff again for the Post-Gazette, he wrote a great article in today's PG. He reminded us that the Penguins got killed in Chicago 10-1 back in the first week of the season. And now the Penguins look like contenders again while the Blackhawks are out of the playoffs. Dave points out that the Pens and Hawks have each won three cups in the last nine years. And how it's going on now in Chicago is a bit of a cautionary tale. Now, to be honest, what's happening in Chicago currently 
the decline is going to happen in Pittsburgh sometime. Because at some point, the big contract guys are going to wear out, like Taves has and their top defensemen have. But the big thing right now, the big difference is the Penguins have kept depth. Chicago has not. Let's talk to Brian in North Hills. Brian, you're all with these super genius. How you doing, Mark? Good. Good. Hey, uh, I, I do definitely agree with what your point is on Grabner on uh, on Broussard. And I, I'm more enamored with Grabner um, the more I think about it. But you know, does that necessarily mean you couldn't make two moves? Because I mean, Mark, let me ask you this: Are you more comfortable as your with a fourth line center uh, going to the playoffs being Carter Rowney or being a guy like say Mark Letestu? I'm not a big Letestu fan. Uh, I'm not a big Carter Ronnie fan either, but he's good as a right-handed face-off option. Uh, you could make another move, but it would have to be a very minor move. Like, if they got Cullen and Grabner, I'd be fine with that. What about you? I agree. I, I like the fact that Rowney, and Rowney being their only right-handed face-off man, I believe uh, Letestu, the reason I mentioned him is he would give them another option. He could also play the power play as well. But yeah, but, but I, they, don't, I, they don't need Letestu to play the power play, obviously. No, that, no, they don't. And also, Mark, you know, when you look at if you want to create depth, I guess the biggest thing is if, I, if I'm if i looking at the Penguins and I want to create scoring depth all up and down the lineup, I just want somebody better than Carter Rowney to be able to drive that. Yeah, you don't um, need – you see, that that we talk about we want the fourth line to score, but the fourth line doesn't score, and you don't need the fourth line to score. Chip in the occasional goal, yes, but Carter Rowney, I mean, I don't know how many goals he has this year, not many, but, I mean, you, you don't need that guy to score that much. Yeah, I mean, Carter Ryan's been hurt a lot this year, too, but Mark, I, I mean, I just, you just look at a guy like Matt Cullen comparatively, and I agree with you. I'd be perfectly fine with him coming back here. I'm not sure. I'm not sure this year's Matt Cullen is quite the same as last year's Matt Cullen. Statistically, certainly not. There's been a drop. Let's go to David in the car. David, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I just want to know, when do you think the Penguins championship window is going to be closing? And if it's sooner rather than later, would it be worth selling the future to try a chance at a three-peat for a chance of being an all-time team? Yeah, I, I don't know that that is necessarily what I would pursue. I mean, this stuff about making history being an all-time team, let's say they don't win the Cup this year and win it next year. You don't think they'll be remembered as an all-time team having won three out of four? Four overall for that core? I def- no, I definitely think they would. Yeah, I just don't sabotage uh, 19 and 20 for the sake of 18. I just don't. That doesn't mean I don't pay over the odds a little bit for whoever they want, but but I, I don't pay absurdly over the odds. For example, I would not make that trade for Broussard. I would not trade Sprong, a first, and Sherry for Broussard. Would you? Uh, I would probably give up Sherry in a first, but I wouldn't give up. Uh, I wouldn't give up our best prospect for him. I might give up Sherry in a first for Broussard. I just might, but they I want more. They want more. Let's go to uh, Jason in West Virginia. Jason, you're on the Mark Madden show. Hey, Mark, how are you? Good. The reason I, I want to know. I know you answered it while I was on hold about Grabner slotting in with Sid. Ideally, where does he? fit into the whole lineup with you uh, if we do get him? Probably on wing with Sid because of the speed and because he's been a very adept finisher. 
Do you put Hornquist up there with him, or do you put Aston Reese, or do you actually... I haven't, I haven't thought it guy? that far through, but I can't tell you to put Grabner with Sid to start. Let's go to Lenny and Carnegie. Lenny, you're on with Mark. You're dead wrong about the Le'Veon Bell situation, but it doesn't surprise me because you know nothing about football. Oh, you know what I do know? I do know that the Superstar Circus hasn't been to a Super Bowl. I do know it's not come close to making a Super Bowl. So one thing I do know is that it's not working. Maybe the X's and O's aren't as polished as you'd like, and I'm sure you're an expert like John Madden or Pat Summerall or some other has-been or dead guy. But, but, but they, they don't win with this lineup. I mean, you're a fantasy foot. How many fantasy football leagues are you in, Geeko? I'm in one, but I'm... Oh, like- okay. Well, no, you're in one. You're lying. That means like four or five. It's not fantasy football. It's not about stats. And if you do want it to be about stats, I'll ask you some questions. Were Bell's yards per catch and yards per carry good this year? No, but come playoff time, the other team has a more comprehensive scouting on taking away the pass options. And yeah, no no idea what you mean by that. What I do know about playoff time is that a rookie kicked Levy on Bell's ass. Leonard Fournette kicked Levy on Bell's ass. You want to go back a little bit further? In the That's New England the game, in the New England game, Dion Lewis kicked Le'Veon Bell's ass. Le'Veon Bell puts you behind the sticks on first down. He's not worth fourteen million dollars. He's just not worth fourteen million dollars. Again, you know nothing about football. I know enough to be being paid for this conversation, Junior. What do you do for a living? What where where do you sweep up at? I'm a ditch digger. Well, the world needs those too. Up next, Dan Saverin, one oh five nine. It's at- and now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double S, big fan, man. Thanks. If you were a hot dog and you were starving, would you eat yourself? I would. I'd be delicious. Ditto. VX at 105.9. Joining me now, he is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. He is the great Stan Saverin. Stan, we've been talking about who the Penguins might get by the trade deadline next Monday. And given choice, I would rather have Grabner than Broussard. You'd have to give up less. And Grabner would make that Penguins forecheck overwhelming. What say you? It would with uh, Haglund on the other side, but uh, does it fill a need? Uh, you can always get better. Some think that they need, you know, more depth at center. Uh, Broussard obviously offers more than depth. He's your third line guy, and Shan becomes the fourth line guy. Uh, I'm fine with it. Uh, how dig do you have to deep? Uh, do you want to give up a current asset? Uh, I'm okay with again partially mortgaging the future um, to go out and get a piece that you think that will get you over the top or darn near it. Uh, I think you have to ask the question, um, how good are they? Uh, I think you have to be careful, Mark, not to just judge them based on what we've seen the last six weeks because I think you tend to overvalue. But they are very good. I mean, they've got a shot. And one might make the argument that they've got to be considered a legitimate contender to win the third in a row if they stay put. Yeah, I don't think they have to add anybody, but I think Grabner would give Sid a wing with speed and skill and finishing, which I think he desperately needs at this point unless they put Gensel back with Sid. And you talk about upgrading center in general, I don't have no problem with getting Grabner and then getting a guy like, for example, Matt Cullen back if the price was right, because all the guys people keep talking about at center for the Penguins, besides Broussard, be it Cullen, Pajot, Latestu, Placanic, even Max Domi, they all have worse stats than Riley Shan. To me, all those guys would come in and be the fourth liner. 
Yeah, I think that's the way to go. I mean, I think Shane deserves, well, you know, this isn't about deserve. This is about winning. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I certainly think he deserves a longer look as the third-line center. I'm certain that his recent performances have altered Jim Rutherford's thinking on the matter. I mean, I think, you know, a month ago, he's probably thinking, well, i got to go ahead and get a third-liner, maybe now the fourth-liner. I mean, I don't have a problem with Carter Rowney, but um, if one of those centers gets hurt, you know, you're in big trouble. Uh, the, only, the only trouble you have here is that what Benino gave you, and Cullen for that matter, those guys could play up and down the lineup. The centers they have now really can't. If something were to happen to Sitter Gino, um, you're in some trouble. If something happens to Shane, you'd be in some trouble. So maybe, you know, some kind of a fourth-line guy who could also play a third-line ro- line role in case something happens. I think in general, um, and this is the topic of my Penguins reports, which you can hear on the X now um, in the morning. I, I don't know when it runs, but anyway, um, I think people are reluctant to, you know, keep, you know, employing the wimpy school of economics. I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. But to me, it depends on how good the hamburger is. Um, I honestly, going into the season, thought that thinking about a third cup in a row was a little bit greedy. I didn't think it was realistic. Now it's very realistic. And if this is what it takes, how many other opportunities does any franchise ever get to win three in a row? Hadn't been done thirty-five in 35 years if they think that getting that piece, whether it's Bassard, Grabner, you know, whatever it happens to be, gets into a third cup, I say worry about the future later. But Stan, I'm going to disagree with you to some extent. Uh, I'd love to win a third cup in a row, but I wouldn't be so worried about history that I'd sacrifice, say, 19 and 20 by way of overpaying for a guy like Broussard. If Ottawa wants a first-round pick, Sprong and Sherry for Broussard, I'm not giving that up. Oh. I've thought about long and hard. I mean, I think that's overpaying for him, you know, to be honest with you. No question. Something less than that I, I, would, I would consider. I hate to give up on Sprong, but let me draw a parallel, and maybe this isn't a good analogy. You know, two and a half years ago, you know, they drafted Kasperi Kapanen, who looks like he's going to be a very good player, and maybe more importantly, he really fits the Sullivan way, although Sully wasn't the coach then. But they said, okay, this is what it takes to get Kessel I don't know that anybody's complaining about that now. Um, if it meant a third cup, and the window I think is always going to be open as long as the the, the uh, Sid and and Gino and Latang and Kessel are all thirty, they you know the window should be open. Then maybe I think you do go for it. How much is Sprong going to help him in the immediate future? Stan, do we overrate the importance of third line center? Uh, Benino only had seven points in last year's playoffs. And Shane is producing at about the same rate Benino did last year. I agree about the importance of center depth, but maybe not improving at that spot in particular. Well, I think it depends on the rest of your team. And by that I mean, we know that it's Sullivan's preference to play Kessel, Malkin, and Crosby on different lines for a lot of different reasons. Uh, you've got to find a center who can deal with Kessel uh, and because that brings out the best in him. So maybe, in, look, traditionally, what's your third line do? You know, they check and they play defense. But on this team, I mean, if, if, you know, if Gensel's on one side and Kessel's on the other, then that, that third line center's got to be a guy, yes, who can win face-offs, uh, a guy who is you know, responsible defensively because of the two wingers he's got, but he's also got to be able to make sure that they can produce. 
I mean, these aren't slugs on a traditional third line. So I think that the definition of a third line center in Pittsburgh differs than it might elsewhere. Do we overrate the importance of a big deal at the deadline? And I say that knowing there's a tradition of that here in Pittsburgh, but last year the big get was Ron Hainsey, and they won a Stanley Cup anyway. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I hope that Jim Rutherford doesn't feel that way. I hope that Jim Rutherford doesn't think, well, here comes the trading deadline, and, you know, I've always done that, and I like to be aggressive. Um, I mean, his judgment has been virtually impeccable, uh, but I hope that just, be, just because there's a trading deadline, say, oh, I've got to do something, I don't think he has to do much. Um, uh, I mean, I, if he wants to bring in some depth, uh, if he thinks that he can unload a contract, uh, because he's going to have cap issues, not necessarily, obviously now, they don't count in the playoffs, but he's, he, he's got to deal with Horn, re-signing Hornquist. I mean, I can understand that. But just because February 26th, the day after my birthday, by the way, and Ric Flair's, remember that, we're born the same Woo! day, your buddy, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it's necessary to say, oh, I've got to keep up the tradition. No, it's, it's all about this club, which, again, surprisingly, if you would have told me in November, really has a chance to make it three in a row. We're talking to Stan Saverin. He's brought to you by the law firm of Senderovich, Senderovich, and Fishman. Uh, Rutherford has a real feel for this, doesn't he, Stan? Uh, one thing I do trust is for him to do what he is convinced is the right thing. Uh, for example, I don't think he would overpay for Broussard. But let's say Ottawa can't get rid of Broussard, and they still want to. He'll be there if the price drops, and you know Rutherford has a plan B. Uh, there's no question. I mean, it's you know, right now it's a buyer's market, especially for a team like Ottawa that wants to get rid of people because you know, like the Rangers, you know, what they've got isn't working. Um, so right now, it's a buyer's, it's a seller's market. Well, we got this guy, but as the clock ticks toward Monday, all of a sudden it shifts rapidly to a seller's market. And I mean, I think Rutherford is shrewd enough and a tough enough negotiator to say, "This is my price. This is what I'll pay." If that's not enough for you, then we pass on the deal. Go peddle them somewhere else. And I do trust him to do that. I don't think it'll be influenced by, oh, i got to do something, because he doesn't have to do anything, really. Um, and I don't think that he'll overpay. Is Zach Aston Reese going to win a job for keeps in Pittsburgh? Because he looks pretty good, and his hands in front of the net are sublime. I mean, they really are, Mark. And I'll tell you what else. I mean, we, we look at you know, the goals that he scored. But one thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed the same thing, that kid makes an awful lot of really clever plays with his stick. I mean, he's a much more accomplished player uh, in all aspects of his game than perhaps we were led to believe. Uh, you know, clever plays along the wall with the puck, without the puck. Um, I mean, I, I, I've, I've tried this. Uh, some people agree, some don't. I'm not saying that he'll achieve this level um, of, of, uh, in his career, but he reminds me. I, let me put it this way. There's a lot of Chris Kunitz in that guy. Um, a lot of people want to say because he stands in front of the net that he's like Hornquist. Uh, maybe so in that regard, but I, I see the way he plays. There's a lot of Chris Kunitz in him. Um, he's a well-rounded player for a guy who has really very little experience uh, at the highest levels, both of college and certainly a brief experience uh, as, as a professional hockey player. Yeah, I mean, I think he's one of those guys that can do a lot of things. I don't think he's going to be a 30-goal scorer, maybe not a 20-goal scorer, but he does a lot of things that fits well in that role on this team. 
I understand Mike Sullivan's desire to keep Kessel, Sid, and Gino on separate lines, to get that balance which can serve the Penguins so well, especially in the playoffs. And Malkin with Hornquist and Haglin has made him into more of a shooter, which is tremendous. And even though Shane's not done great with Kessel, at least you have Gensel there. I don't think Sid's line's good enough. I think playing him with Simone or Sherry, Aston Reese is a good player but doesn't have the speed. I just think Sid needs better, which is kind of why I want them to get Grabner. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but I would also suggest that you may have an answer right there. I mean, you could move Gensel back up to the left wing, and I'm sure Zach Aston Reese would do very well playing on the third line. Um, you know, he gives them uh, you know a different element uh, on that line. A guy who will dig for the puck. Uh, you know, listen, Gensel is fearless. He'll go there. But you know, at, you know, Aston Reese, he can do you know fill that responsibility and then some. You know, bring a physical element to that line. Um, even if they if they go out and get Grabner, fine. I mean, the speed would be you know fantastic. He also kills penalties. That guy and um, you know he is finally his hands caught up with his with his skates. Uh, but I also think you could accomplish much of the same mission uh, by putting Gensel back up on Sid's line. He thrived there a year ago. His season's been kind of up and down, but the guy's got skills. He, too, will go to the front of the net. And that way, you know, you leave the second line alone. You leave it intact. And I think you're fine that way and accomplish the mission without making that major trade if that, you know, if Grabner's price is too high. Before we uh, let you go, Stan, here's a question that's not going away. Today is the first day the Steelers can franchise Le'Veon Bell. They have not done so yet. What's going to happen with the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell? Well, I believe the Steelers have said consistently now for the better part of a year that they want to sign a guy to a long-term contract. I'm assuming that is a three-year deal. I think that they would like to have him for as long as Ben's going to play. Um, they might overlap. They might not. Um, I think they want to sign him. I think Bell wants to sign here. Uh, I think I would caution people that even if they do slap the franchise tag on him, that that just keeps him from talking to other teams. They can still negotiate a long-term deal. It's a safety valve. They also have the option of going to the, the uh, franchise tag where they do allow him to talk to other teams, and if he signs with them, they get two first-round picks. I don't know if there's any buyers out there in the market, but I think that they figure um, – that, that they want to keep him around as long as Ben's here and as long as their high-profile uh, offensive players are here. I also think that it's not necessarily a truism that by signing Bell, they're making a choice of one versus the other, the other being adding to the defense. Uh, first of all, they're going to draft someone for either inside linebacker or safety. Uh, I'm told by people who know that the free agent inside linebacker crop is not a great one. They can get a serviceable guy, but that means he wouldn't be all that expensive. Same thing with the safeties. And, you know, we talk about the, the wimpy school of economics. You know that they can restructure contracts to make, you know, whatever room they need, not only to sign Bell, but to bring in that free agent inside linebacker or safety. I just don't think, I think it's a false narrative to say, well, if they sign Bell, they can't improve the defense. I don't buy that. Stan, great stuff. We'll see you Thursday on your program. All right, Mark. Thanks very much. That's Stan Saverin brought to you by the three wise men, the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Up next, I'll talk to Bob McLaughlin. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9. Terms apply. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. You don't have an option. You think it's the you show? It's the me show. Hey, what's up, Mark? Come on. The lights, the robe, the hair, the woo! The X at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, 
Uh, what's your reaction to the news from Mike White at the Post-Gazette that Aliquippa High School School Board might get rid of Mike Zamanik, uh, one of the most successful Whippeal coaches in Whippeal football history, who has taken Aliquippa to the Whippeal final in each of the last 10 years. That's mind-boggling, and it has to be for a bad reason. Yeah, absolutely. Without there being a story out there, Mark, uh, that would suggest any reason to take him out of that post, there's no reason to. You know, I live in South Fayette, and it seemed like every year it was South Fayette and Aliquippa going for the title. That is a hell of a program, a legendary program out there. And it's just, it's either school board or parents or parents getting to a school board member. It's somebody unhappy because their kid isn't playing. That's exactly it. Or not playing as much as they want. You see it all the time, and unfortunately, it's now come for coach. Uh, it, it's it's stupid. Uh, I loved I loved you going after them earlier in the show. I was over. Oh, this- I named all the names of the Alacupa school board, and I will find out who's responsible if they get rid of Coach Zemanic, and I will take them over the coals. Oh, I. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I did a search just to see if there was anything out there. I don't see anything. Right. There, there's no Nothing. whispering campaign. If, if there was something that Coach Zemanic would have done. Mike would have. Mike White would have it. Well, well, no, well, he might not print it if it's hearsay. But I don't even hear hearsay. Right. Somebody would have emailed me or DM'd me or whatever. Don't you think that there would be some slant to the story, though, in Mike's story that you looked at? About you know maybe some impropriety or something going on there, but it doesn't seem like there's. I, any I don't of know. That. Mike, Mike's a real good high school football writer. He plays it really safe. Got it. Uh, do you believe that Le'Veon Bell is going to sign a long term deal with the Steelers ever? Uh, we heard Stan Saverin saying, "Well, the Steelers want to do it. Bell wants to do it. There's no reason it can't get done." I think there is a reason it can't get done because Bell wants 15 mil per <laughs> season, and the Steelers won't pay it. Do you see the Steelers coming up or Bell going down? I don't, and I think the writing was on the wall last season when he turned that deal down that would have given him 15 mil for the first two years. I mean, that was a five-year 60, um, you know, guaranteed 15 in the first two. He turned that down, and then he didn't have the greatest start to the season. Is he a valuable asset to the Steelers? Absolutely. That's a powerhouse offense with him in there, and I think both sides are playing it nice right now, saying the right things. But I think this is going to be a bad breakup, and I think that part of that breakup is going to end with the franchise tag. The Steelers, I don't think that they have any other Well, that option. might hasten the breakup. Y- yeah, and I think it will. Um, I don't think that the Steelers... Because he won't show up to camp if they franchise him. Exactly. And I bet this year, Bob, he misses a game or so. Oh, prove, I could see to that. To prove what he would think is a point. I could see that, but I, even on that end, Mark, I don't see how he wins that. If he sits out, if he's you know gives the boo-boo face, as you like to say... Um, he's still going to make a ton of money. Well, well, Bob, that's the problem. Let me interrupt. Le'Veon Bell is a moron. He's not going to deal with this from a common sense perspective or a perspective that has any sense at all. He's going to deal with it like a spoiled brat like he always has behaved. What is the secondary? What's the next lowest or the next highest paid running back? Around 8.5, 8.7 mil, right? Something like that, yes. And, he and wants, it's worth noting that none of the conference finalists, none of the final four in this year's NFL paid a running back so much as $5 million, let alone more. Exactly. And now there's other running backs out there right now where you could put a pretty good running back by committee, especially if James Conner comes back healthy 
uh, and able to, you know, hold up his end of that. He's good out of the backfield. He's a good runner. He can catch. You know, the Steelers knew what they were getting with him. Well, they need more than James Conner. Absolutely. Could he be part of a duo or a triumvirate to handle the running back position? Yes, absolutely. Bob, uh, we've been talking about the Penguins' potential moves at Monday's trade deadline. And by the way, if Jim Rutherford makes the move, I expect he'll make it before Monday. He usually doesn't go right down to the wire. But I want Grabner and not Broussard. It doesn't address the third-line center spot, but you heard me compare potential acquisitions to Riley Shane's stats. He's outscoring all of them point-wise. And I just think Grabner, with that speed, is the best player available as a fit for the Penguins. Yeah, you've mentioned it before. Sid likes playing with speed. If they are able to get Grabner, that is an absolutely perfect fit for his line. And, you know, there's some crazy stuff going on. I'm not saying that that's absolutely going to happen. But I would think that if you were able to get that, you can move aside that third-line center move. You know, this builds you well, up. Well, you might want to get a fourth-line center. You might want to get, like, a exactly. color or whatever. Because you want somebody available in case somebody gets hurt. And I agree with you. I think that Jim is itching to make a deal that's just in his nature. He's been talking about it for three weeks now. Yeah, no, no question. Talks about it every chance he gets, <laughs> exactly. really. He's not even asked about it. The, the one he thing says, that I'm would worry me, Bob, about getting Cullen again is that I don't think he's quite the same Cullen as last year. And I think he'll be a fourth-line center. I don't think he could move up and down the lineup. I agree with you. I would love it you know, for a story, and because he's a great guy, and he was a great fit here. He's got good past with the Penguins and their fans. It would, uh, you know, That would be a feel-good story. I don't know if it would be as much a good team story. Well, Bob, it's amazing that well, – I think he could be fourth-line center, but no more. It's amazing that the whole sports world is based on stats, the analytics – but we ignore the stats that, that we want to ignore. For example, every center the Penguins might find available, except for Broussard, is being outscored by Riley Shane, which means it wouldn't be an upgrade. We really value the third-line center because Benino went nuts in the playoffs two years ago. But last year, Benino scored .46 points per game. Shane this year has .43 points per game. A negligible difference. Last year, Benino had seven points in 21 playoff games. Ron Hainsey had more points, but we ignore that. And the most shocking stat I've, I've come up with all day regarding you know players the Penguins might get, that Michael Grabner is second in the NHL when it comes to even strength goals dating back to the start of last season with 40. That's mind-boggling. That absolutely is. And for all of the talk the Penguins and you know their fans have had coming into this season about their troubles with five-on-five, there's your answer right there. I mean, if he continues that, that's a huge boost to what they're a- able to do because their PK is very good. Their t- penalty, I mean, their power play tops in the league right now. That would just be the, such an added benefit. Would you trade a first round pick for Grabner? I would. Absolutely, I would. A, but a I wouldn't do the deal and, that a you first were. First round t- pick and nothing else. A first round Grabner. pick and nothing else, right. Would you trade Sprong a first round pick and Sherry for Broussard? I would not. Yeah, that's too much. That that takes a big bite out of you moving forward. Plus, it puts you behind the eight ball with his salary. You know, with with Grabner, you've got no, you don't have anything to worry about at one point six or one point five, whatever he's at. Jim Rutherford says he doesn't want to trade Gustafson, uh, their top pick a couple years ago. He's a nineteen year old goalie, played real well at World Juniors. I think Jim's bluffing. I think that's exactly the guy he wants to trade, but he's increasing the allure by saying he doesn't want to trade him. Gustafson had the great World Juniors for Finland. Uh, I think, or Sweden, who who can distinguish between one the of two. Them. One of them. 
I think that that's exactly the guy he wants to trade. Bob, why would you need Gustafson when you have Murray at 23 and Jari at 22? Would either one of those, Mark, be in play? Say Jim does an incredible job, and you know because of their time up in the league and how well they've done either DeSmith or Jari. DeSmith has no value in a trade, Bob. Okay, but Jari? No, because then who's the backup? I don't I don't What if they don't do Grabner for just a first, they do Grabner for Jari and the first. Would you no, do that? No, one? no, no. Because that would cripple my goaltending for the playoffs. For right now. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's Bob McLaughlin brought to you by 84 Lumber. Up next. Remember last week when the baseball players were like, ah, there's 80 unsigned free agents. It's collusion. They're cheating us. Well, things are changing. You knew they would. I just hate baseball players. 105.9 The X.